Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I used to say to people, for my family, when we came here, we, we had to move a lot of our funds here. And I said to my friends, I said, I think I've I'm impacting the economy here more than many people that were born here. <laughs> so don't make it look like you have a right and I don't. No, I'm not only adding value to this community. I actually had to move resources here, a lot of resources for my family to be situated here for months and almost years, you know, without earning an income here. I, I did bring value here. So I encourage immigrants all the time. Do not feel like you don't deserve it. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres-Rodriguez, personal finance expert, speaker, writer, and business coach. I teach women of color how to build wealth and gain financial independence through side hustles and investing. On this show, we're serving up POC-friendly personal finance knowledge, always with a side of sass. We're talking about how to make dinero, how to keep it, and how to make it grow. If you're ready to become poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice, and today we're going to be talking about how to navigate your finances as an immigrant with Fijay Adum of Immigrants Thrive. Fijay is founder of Immigrants Thrive, a financial education platform that serves immigrants to North America by empowering them with the knowledge, tools, and resources they need to save more, pay off debt, build wealth in a sustainable way, and give back to their communities. A native of Nigeria, she worked in the international finance industry for over eight years and soon realized that many financial professionals are just selling products rather than educating their clients. Fijay uses her platform to provide the financial education needed to traverse the complicated world of finance and investing in North America. She's also the host of a weekly podcast, Thrive with Fijay, 
where she answers the most pressing money and business questions from her community. You can find out more about Fiji and Immigrants Thrive at ImmigrantsThrive.com. So if you have friends or family who are recent immigrants to the United States or you're an immigrant yourself and are thinking, oh my God, why are things here so damn complicated? How can I get some help? What should I be thinking about as an immigrant when it comes to managing my money? Right? There's a lot of unique struggles that come into play when you are trying to navigate this super complicated world of personal finance as someone who is new to the country. America has a lot of crazy ass stuff going on with its money, its economy, and things like debt are not normal in other countries the way that it is normalized here. So things like credit and debt are very different depending on where you come from. So I'm super excited for you to hear this conversation and find out more about Fiji and her story and all of the gems that she's going to be sharing with immigrants who are trying to navigate the world of personal finance here in America. So let's get into this combo. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Fiji, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Janice. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Why don't you start off with introducing yourself to the audience? Yeah, so um, I'm Fiji Adum. I'm a financial educator. I'm the founder of the Immigrants Thrive Community. In the community, we are all about educating immigrants and helping them catch up from the disadvantages that minority communities suffer. I love that message and that mission. It's very important for us to catch up to a lot of this information that we really haven't had access to. So um, I want to start off with you. What was your relationship like with money growing up? Did you learn about it? What was what was that like? No, no, I, I would not say I learned about, learned about it growing up. Um, I used to say jokingly that in my family, we didn't talk about money. Talking about money was like um, talking about sex in a traditional or conservative <laughs> family. You don't talk about it except to say, don't do that. You know, don't be wasteful, don't, you know, but n- never any discussions. It was more like maybe an adult thing or something you talk about when you want to give some kind of warning. So yeah, there was almost a non-existent relationship. Yeah, I I can definitely relate to that. I think a lot of us in the immigrant community grow up not really understanding how money works, how to preserve it, how to grow it, and then we become adults and we're just completely lost. So can you talk us through your career and kind of how you got to where you are today? When it comes to my career, I, I have been in the financial industry for a while, um, that's because I studied accounting for my first degree and um, I did international business for my master's. 
I started work as an internal control officer. Um, so I was in audit for a bit. I went into the family business, um, handling the financial management aspect of our real estate business. But I really got into money and financial um, knowledge. The point where I got interested and started learning was when I worked as a financial advisor. I worked in on the international scene. So first for a South African company and then for a UK company. I was helping Africans get international investments. Basically, I think what, how I, why I'm where I'm at now, I believe is because after about eight and a half years of working as a financial advisor and selling products to clients, I noticed, I experienced a few challenges. The clients also experienced challenges. And I realized it's because um, what I was doing in the name of financial advice was actually just selling products. <laughs> I was just a salesman. So I realized that rather than just selling products, which there's nothing wrong with that because people do need financial products, right? But I realized that the best thing I could do for people was educate them. Because an educated consumer, an educated client is a client that will stand by whatever, will be committed to whatever products to buy, you know, they'll make more because as a financial advisor, maybe I know you for one or two or three days, I'd make recommendations based on what I see. I don't know enough. So I personally believe that you are your own best financial advisor. I believe people should only make financial decisions when they have been educated maximally. So yeah, that's why the community I run is mostly, our goal is educating people. We have a goal of educating at least 1 million families by 2030. That's amazing. And I love what you're saying because it makes a lot of sense. You know, a lot of us that don't grow up learning about financial literacy, we oftentimes feel like we have to hire professional help just to do basic things like opening a brokerage account or, you know, figuring out how to start investing. And a lot of that is just because we feel completely intimidated by even learning about this stuff. We don't know where to go to get this education. And then it makes us really susceptible to getting taken advantage of by people who are unscrupulous in the financial industry. Exactly. You're 100% right. Most of what people suffer, because there are immigrants and people in the minority communities that make a lot of money. But so many, we're so, you know, your childhood, so many habits that you develop, right, are installed from childhood. And what you know, what you learn is maximally, is so much, I mean, I don't know the word to use, but it's really affected by what happens from your childhood. So if you grow up feeling like you're not a part of the financial conversation, you may hear mom and dad talk about it. They may just tell you, oh, there's not enough. There's no explanation. You grow up feeling like you're also supposed to be excluded from that conversation. You know, so you feel if you need to make any decision, you need to do anything, you need an expert, you need, and then you're, we are actually paying people for things we could have done ourselves. There's, there's no argument, there's room for financial expertise, right? But there are basic things that if you don't do it well, because I mean, everywhere there's authentic stuff, there's a counterfeit, right? You get taken advantage of. So knowledge, being armed with knowledge is the best bet. I mean, I used to say to people, to my clients, when I speak to um, educate families, I say to them, I say, the United States is designed to help two groups of people. There are two groups of people that can thrive or that do thrive in the United States financially. Either you have a lot of money, maybe generational wealth or some kind of, but you do have money to play around with and take advantage of the system or you know a lot. If you don't fall into either of these two categories, um, sorry. Very true. <laughs> 
So I'm curious, what actually inspired you to make that shift from working in the financial industry to then starting this community and focusing on education? I I suffered a loss of someone really dear to me um, when I moved to the States. I remember I met this person, not a family member. I just met him in an Uber. But at the time, um, my husband was still, he's an international business person, so he's, he travels a lot. More often than not, it's just myself and the children. So this individual was so helpful. He's an immigrant. So helpful to us at, at a time when we we're kind of new in the States. He was, he was there doing everything. And because of his, um, the closeness to the family, he started sharing with me the challenges he had suffered. He had faced immigrating to the United States. And uh, I tried to give him some advice, but I was like, uh, well, I'll give you a book. Um, I authored a book a few years ago on finding financial freedom. I said, I'll give you a copy of that book and I'll tell you a couple of things. But I wasn't really engaged because I was personally overwhelmed with the move and there are a lot of things happening in my life. So I didn't want to get too committed to that. So I did give him the book and told him a few things. And then over time, I thought, I kept thinking, oh, one of these days, when I'm better situated, when I have more time, I'll sit down with him and give him better advice, spend time. And then suddenly he just died. I had seen him a couple of weeks ago. And then about three weeks later, somebody called me, oh, did you know this person passed away? And I was so broken. I felt bad. And his death was, the circumstances surrounding his death made me feel like maybe if I had been there more for him if I had given him the advice because he had to do his stressors, things happening around him, you know. So after the pity party, feeling bad <laughs> and depressed, I, I just said it over and I said, the best thing I can do for him in his memory is ensure that there are no families, no individuals that are feeling like they are alone in the, um, in the race or their journey to finding fulfillment, living a wealthy and happy life in the United States. And so I started the Immigrants Thrive community in his memory. That's really powerful. And, you know, I always like to think that even out of something really awful happening, like there's something the good that comes out of it. So it sounds like this definitely was um, something that you can do in honor of him and his memory. I have a question. Um, so you were talking about your own story a little bit on, you know, you coming to the United States. And I'm wondering if you could elaborate on that a little bit, because the the immigrant stories is very complex here in, in America. And I'd be curious to find out what your story was like, like what brought you here and what was that whole process like? I run a not-for-profit back home in Nigeria and um, I'm originally, I'm from Nigeria <laughs> And my husband, um, he's into real estate, and he had an office here in the United States. So um, my not-for-profit is geared towards we we're into enterprise development. We empower people in disadvantaged communities. Um, and our focus used to be in the northeastern part of Nigeria, where there was a lot of um, um, a lot of the activities of. Um, terrorist was very rampant as a result people were women and children especially were massively displaced so uh, our work was around those you know empowering them with training and all that so in the course of my work um, a few things happened that kind of threatened my safety so my husband wasn't comfortable and he said um, I think you and the children can move over to the states for a bit 
And I was like, well, what will I do here? My whole life is here. He said, okay, why don't you just run my office in the States? So um, he stayed back, but we were glad we moved because even when we left, they, they were still, he encountered some things that showed us that it was the right move. So it was more like, more or less like where circumstances compelled us to do that. It wasn't optional. Yeah, I think about that a lot when, you know, there's so much demonization in the the media about immigrants. And, you know, more often than not, whenever I hear stories, it's like nobody wants to leave where they're from. Um, that's a very rare thing that, you know, you're born somewhere, your whole life is established there, and then you just leave. Like there's there more often than not, there's really negative circumstances around people wanting to to just pack up and leave everything behind. So I can't even imagine what that you know, decision was like, but I'm sure, you know, it makes you kind of fearless, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're an adult already when you had to make the move. And I used to say to people, for my family, when we came here, we, because we already established in business over there, we had to move a lot of our funds here. And I said to my friends, I said, I think I've, I'm impacting the economy here more than many people that were born here. <laughs> so don't make it look like you have a right and I don't. No, I'm not only adding value to this community. I actually had to move resources here, a lot of resources for my family to be situated here for months and almost years, you know, without earning an income here. I, I did bring value here. So I. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Selling a little? or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Encourage immigrants all the time. Do not feel like you don't deserve it. The, the motto for immigrants thrive is because we deserve to. <laughs> we are going to thrive because we deserve to. Don't, don't feel like a second class. No, 
this is not your birth country, but as and that is one of the goals of the community. When you begin to thrive, you're living a wealthier life, then you can positively impact your community. So that's the ultimate mm. goal. It's not just living a good life. It's also about impacting where you are at. So what are some struggles that you face as a woman in the financial industry, especially in the United States? I can imagine that's kind of a difficult thing to to um, to face. Yeah, it's, it is. It's like you're navigating different waters. And like I say, if you already built a career doing something else and then you come into this whole new world. And like I said, if you don't have a lot of resources or family you know, behind you, the other option is to learn a lot. And the financial system here is complicated, at least compared to um, the other places I worked. So I think the first thing that was a challenge for me was learning what's obtained here. I'll give you an example. Something as basic as debt. In Nigeria, where I come from, debt is bad. Any kind of debt. <laughs> Except you're doing business. And um, even then, it's a real burden because... Um, First of all, the interest rates are horrendous. So we do everything we can to stay away from debt. <laughs> you know, your ability to fund to fund yourself with cash is like your greatest asset. So <laughs> when we came here, we we're doing the same thing until I decided to, when we had settled a bit and I said, oh, maybe I should start thinking of, you know, a couple of things. And I realized that I literally couldn't do any of the things I'd planned because of credit. So I, I had to like, oh my God, why was I, why didn't I start this journey earlier? I mean, rather than waiting all, losing all this months spending. So I think the greatest thing I've struggled with is knowledge, the need to do research. And America is such a, has such a developed financial system that you have a ton of options for everything you need to do. If you're going to buy insurance, there are a ton of options. You could do um, whole life, you could do term, you can do an indexed option. You know, there's so much, there are so many alternatives that it becomes confusing. If you were in a country that had only either or, then you know your options are limited. So the challenge I realized also is if I could take any financial decision, I had to do a lot of research. And I couldn't really take people at their words. You know how you just get a book on a matter and read? I couldn't do that because I still... <laughs> A lot of proliferation of financial inf information. Everybody's giving advice and sometimes it's opposite. Somebody says, you do this. The other say, don't do that. So it, And that is one of the things that inspired me. I was like, oh my God, how does the average immigrant who is struggling to clock in and clock out of work, take care of children, how do they navigate this, you know, this trend? So I said, maybe it makes sense to put all my work, you know, into this because I had a financial background. I knew the importance and I was ready to put in the work. Right. So I thought to transfer that effort, you know, to helping others. Yeah. The level of complexity that you describe is I think the reason why even, you know, natural born Americans just have no idea what the hell's going on because <laughs> nobody can understand what, what is happening, you know? So it's definitely, it feels like you have to learn another language uh, just to be able to understand what all of these things mean and what they do and if you should be involved or not. And the shock of, of the shock of it is the fact that you're coming to America, you're thinking, okay, um, I speak English from my country, so I shouldn't have a challenge understanding things. And you realize that it's not that easy, <laughs> even though you speak the language. Yeah, it, there's way more going on than just that. <laughs> What are some limiting beliefs that you have had to deal with and how have you overcome them? I think what the one I 
I have become great companions with that <laughs> has stayed with me the longest over time that I am very conscious of will be what um, is popularly known as the imposter syndrome. Because my, my line of work, the things I've done, I, I left the corporate world or I left paid employment a while back. I think when I had my son and he was nine months and it was a struggle finding childcare. So all the time I worked as a financial advisor, I was independent. I never wanted it nine to five. So when I worked as a financial advisor, I was, you know, into wealth management. I was giving people advice on the international scene. And it always occurred to me, who told you you're qualified to do this? <laughs> what if you're giving out wrong advice? What if you're, how are you so certain? Like, who gave you the, the authority? Who told you an authority in this field? So I kept, you know, that's that's why the imposter syndrome is just the correct word, because I did feel like an imposter. Even when it came to my job of, my work of enterprise development, I I, I had to teach people um, how to be enterprising, find new ideas, all of those. At every point, every turn, it was like, even though I knew I was doing good work, we had testimonials, but that small voice kept telling me, how dare you? How are you sure? What gives you the audacity to be this person, right? And when it came to overcoming this imposter syndrome, I think I did try to overcome it. I tried my best to you know, I'll use um, confessions, I'll use um, meditation, I'll say to myself, you are this, you are... But the only thing that worked was embracing it. Because I learned over time that when I was making decisions, I wanted to take a step and it was really small, something I'm comfortable in, it's my comfort zone, then the impact of that decision is next to nothing. There's most likely not going to be any impact. But when I dared things, when I was stepping into the unknown and I was going to do things that that voice is yapping in my head, don't dare, don't do, don't do, you, you're going to fail, then I knew I was going in the right direction. So I, I learned to take that fear as a sign that you are on the right track. It became a signal for me that you're doing it well. So yeah, my the imposter should became my best friend. I embraced it. And I think we've been we've been taking this journey together along. And I still I still feel it. Yeah, I think that's the important part that it never actually goes away. You just, you just figure out how to talk back to her and let her know her place. Yeah. Be <laughs> scared, but just do it anyway. Yes, I love that. That's such a powerful message. Okay, so as someone who is used to being an entrepreneur at this point and understands the kind of 24-7 culture that can surround that type of work, how do you actually build self-care into your routine? What does that look like for you? For me, what self-care means is for me to always be on on top of my game. And when I say that, I don't mean to be perfect. No, I'm <laughs> I mean, no wise perfect. I, I'm not even trying to be perfect. I gave up on that long ago. But what that means to me is all the things I'm teaching people. Because when you're teaching financial um, education, when you're um, trying to get people to move from the place of lack or, you know, laid back about wealth and thinking whatever it's going to be. What, what you're thinking is, what you're trying to do rather is you're trying to help them install new habits and uninstall the bad habits. So for me, I've learned that I can do these things. I can teach other people to be enterprising. I can do all this, make all this effort and I'll leave myself behind. I forget about improving because you're tempted to learn so that you can teach. You're not necessarily learning the habits you need to install in your own life. You know, so you kind of put yourself on the back burner like, oh, let me, I need to teach, right? I'm going to meet these people. I need to educate. So let me learn what I can teach. For me, self-care is the ability to, first of all, practice whatever I am teaching people. 
if I'm going to teach you these habits are good, these financial habits are have these advantages, then if I'm going to take, practice self-care, I must have installed it in my life, in my family. If I'm saying to you, for example, oh, rather than going for a term insurance because these are the advantages and disadvantages, why don't you take a universal index life, right? First of all, mm-hmm. I would have taken out the same plan. If I'm saying right. to you, oh, rather than... um. Okay, if you're, for example, I'm talking to you about taxes, I'm like, oh, even if you're not in business, you're doing, you're filling your W-2, the best way to save taxes is to ensure you have um, another job, maybe a sole proprietor, and then you have over 400 um, kinds of taxes that the government allows you to save. I make sure I have my own sole proprietorships. So for me, self-care is the fact that whatever you think is good, is fitting, is befitting, and you're teaching to others, practice it. If you're telling us plan for a retirement, what have I done? And that's one of the things I really love when I read your story because you share what you're doing. You're sharing your journey. You know, many expats miss that. They just focus on other people and the thing that maybe when I arrive, when I get there, I will take care of myself. Yeah, that's an important message. It makes sense. You want to model what you're preaching otherwise than like what is the point of you know, can you really call yourself an expert in something if you're not also doing that yourself? So what advice would you give someone who's ready to get control of their finances but doesn't know where to start? What I would say is whatever you're going to do, take small bites. Start with the smallest microcosm of change you can effect. Because if you just discover the world of financial education and you go online, there's a plethora of information there that so much is hitting you. Sometimes you're like, where do I start? And for some people, the overwhelm can even discourage them. So block out everything else. If you got one piece of advice, if a particular step makes sense to you, then start with the smallest bit of it. Don't let yourself get overwhelmed by either by comparison, seeing how, other, how far other people have gone. Or just by the process of, oh, if I can do this and do that, it can be overwhelming, right? But small changes can make a great deal of difference. Don't start, if you're, let's say, starting to practice budgeting, don't think that I can go from no no idea about budgeting at all to become the perfect budgeter. No, give yourself allowance. The, there's a Chinese adage that says 1% change each day is better than trying to take 20% change at a time and not succeeding. Because if you're making a percentage of change, you take 1%. At the end of the month, you've improved by 30%. So even though you started really small, yet you're, 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 seeing, you're going to see so many changes over time. So give yourself time. Don't, don't rush it. Don't try to take the journey of two, five, six years that other people are on and try to make that change in three months. Give yourself time. Take small bites, tiny. Don't go too fast else it becomes overwhelming. Absolutely. That's great advice. All right. So what is your money mantra? My greatest thought about money, one thing that is consistently on my mind, and I remind myself each time when it comes to money is this. Money is a great servant, but a terrible master. So the biggest favor you can do for yourself is to master your money. Otherwise, if you let your money be in charge, I mean, and I'll give an example, a very simple example. Let's say you get a windfall. Let's say what tax returns match, right? March, April, you get an extra $10,000. Maybe on budgeted, extra if you've not been making, doing, drawing your budget. If money is the master, then you realize you need a new purse and preferably design a purse. You know, if money is the master, you probably realize it would be nice to go on a cruise right now because the other girls are going on the cruise. I mean, if you have this, what is 1500 for a cruise out of 10000 extra? So um, the summary of everything I teach, I think about money is 
Money, you're a great servant. And I'll not let you be the master. So I do my best to master my money. Vijay, this has been an amazing conversation. Where can we find out more about you and follow your journey? I'm on Instagram at Immigrants Thrive. And um, I started a very young podcast. It's called the Thrive with Fiji Podcasts. I teach people not just about money, but about business and life in the United States and Canada. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Janice. I hope you love this conversation and I hope you're feeling super inspired. Whether you are first gen, whether you are an immigrant to this country, whether your family has been here for generations, but they immigrated from somewhere far, far away, we're not learning about money. And so when we're trying to figure out how to navigate it, whether you're US born or foreign born, this stuff is hella complicated. So kudos to you for taking the first step to educating yourself by being here and listening to this podcast and supporting the work that we do here to spread financial literacy to the masses. I love Fiji's message about not feeling ashamed that you don't know this information. It's important for you to know that it is your birthright as a human being on this planet to thrive and not just survive. And part of the foundation that we believe here on the podcast is essential to you thriving is to get educated. So whether you are listening to this podcast for the first time or you've been a longtime listener, you are actively taking steps to become powerful with your money. And we're so glad to have you here. So until next time, stay inspired, stay motivated, stay educated, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.